I have seven points this week on the subject of productivity, and I'd like to go through them in order if that's all right with you. First of all, you need to get focused, Lyvin. Hello. Hi, Merlin. <laughs> it's so weird when I have the stream going and I can hear you right before you call me. It's like a, like a, little sec- it's like a security camera. Yeah. I can see you walking up to the door. I can see you. And there's nothing wrong with my internet, by the way. No, I can see you've got 0% packet loss, right? Or, then why'd you say that? Why'd you say that unkind thing? Huh? I don't want to make a big deal about it. You use me as examples of several things. I say you never have problems. That's not what you said. Actually, it is. I said I never have, and we never have issues. Marco frequently has them. I got uh, whatever whatever the uh, Comcast. I think I got the, I used to be on the ripoff deal, and then I moved up to the total ripoff deal. Stay with it. It's working. It's It's always good. It's always good. I, um... I feel like I have two lives. Well, you'll have to replay that because if you listen, yeah. I said that your connection was always good. I listen to all your shows. Thanks. I feel like I have my life before I got Xfinity and then I got my real life after I got Xfinity. <laughs> you know? <laughs> is that what, it, is that what your Comcast? service is? You don't have Comcast there? No. <laughs> I Googled it and it says Xfinity from Comcast, <laughs> TV, internet, and phone. Oh, it gives me, gives me shivers. <laughs> You know how hard it used to be to get all three of those? That's what she said. Hey, wait. Hmm? <laughs> You're going to bring a couple friends. How you doing? Oh, you know, do you really want to know? Yeah. Honestly? Yeah. Like, I don't have any feeling in my hands, which I'm a little worried about. <laughs> wait a minute. What? Well, I mean, did you see I just mistyped to you? You don't always acknowledge when I, when I type to you. Um, well, I'm, I'm, I'm not always looking at that screen. I've got three screens up, but now well, I, I see you, I just wanted to say, you know, I enjoy Marco talking, and I wasn't in a rush. Just, and then I mistyped that three times because I can't feel my fingers. Is that, what's that? Are you typing to me? I did. I sent you a message. Oh. <laughs> it's old Dan. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I can't feel my fingers, but, you know, here's the good news. I just, uh, I just came back from the place around the corner. Don't be creepy. Guess what? Ready? Right? Yeah. Apple Galettes are back. <laughs> you must be just dancing on the ceiling. I took a picture. You kidding? My sugar spiking. Yeah, I just woofed it down. Woo, woo! <laughs> so I'm feeling pretty good. Yeah, I got a I got a big cuss coffee and uh, I got a and I got a fresh seltzer. I'm out of, I'm out of stream. I'm out of stream again. Oh man! Well, Bed Bath and Beyond. Time to hit it up now. The, in in San Francisco, yeah, is it just like uh, one time I went to San Francisco and mm-hmm. I had to buy. Some kind of like, uh, like a paper clips or something. And you, it was the weirdest thing. Like there's like a, an office supply store, whatever they are, office max or staples or whatever. It's like built right into the building and in, in like a city street, you're just walking down the city street and then there's a, right. like an office supply store right there. And here, and also the same in, in most, I would think suburban areas, it's actually like a huge gigantic warehouse type building that ha- is freestanding. Yeah, you're probably talking about the one on 4th. Yeah, it's down on 4th. hotel, across the street from that hotel. Yeah, over um, by 2. Mm-hmm. <laughs> over by Briar. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, I've been in there. It sucks. It's really... Uh, it was it's weird. Those, I, it's the Walgreens phenomenon. You know, I, I call it the Walgreens phenomenon. <laughs> uh, Walgreens being the place that has almost what I need. <laughs> you go to Walgreens and you go like hardware, hardware, tape, tape, tape. Oh, you almost had the tape I need, but you don't have it. <laughs> Would you like a gift card and some candy? <laughs> Hand to God last night. 
you know, uh, I love my wife. And sometimes I buy, go buy her trashy magazine. I went there and got her, got her <laughs> like the surprise her sometimes, a little bar of 70% uh, dark chocolate. Don't be creepy. <laughs> I, I, I bought, I bought a, a bar of chocolate for my wife and I bought a quart of ice cream for myself. And the poor, dead, black, doll-eyed woman behind the counter goes, as she is required to do, she pointed, she pointed lamely toward a bunch of candy on the rack and said, we have chocolate and M&M's on sale. <laughs> and I said, thank you. I just bought chocolate twice. <laughs> you know, yeah, you know what? Oh uh, my God, it is on sale. Give me whatever's on sale. God, no, but poor the, people. I, I've got to ask a question. While we're, yeah, before, you, go ahead. Well, before you take us away from the San oh, Francisco office, discussion. Office, office score, what's it called, that place? Comscore. Yeah, are you talking about the office places and the big boxes? No, I want to. Well, we're talking about San Francisco, and you positioned your daughter in front of this door. <laughs> what is I that? Agree. I have no it idea. It is so weird. I have three theories on it. So what we're talking about here is, uh, <laughs> and I, I shouldn't put pictures of my daughter. Yeah, that's creepy. But my daughter and I, we have daddy daughter morning. You know, on Sundays we go out for like half a day and do stuff. And um, there's this place we always walk by, and it's uh, it's kind of a typical. You know, I live in the western part of town, the sunset, and it's there's a certain kind of house you get out here. There's the classic Dolger house, which is always a garage, and then above that you've got, you know, like the house. It's a pretty classic kind of San Francisco house, and this is probably like a two-unit place, but you go up the little steps, you go up. It looks actually a little more Philadelphia. Philadelphia. I think I just had a stroke, Dan. I can't feel my hands. And so there's this, but in this photograph, which you'll probably already put in show notes, my yeah. daughter is standing in the doorway of what appears to be a hobbit door. Yeah, it looks like it's perfectly, now your daughter is in, she's not quite five, right? My so, daughter is uh, 42 pounds and uh, she's big for, for four year But she looks but, like she's standing in front of a, an adult sized door. She looks not adult. But she's, but, but it's been shrunken down. It looks like a regular door for an yeah. adult with graffiti on it and everything. But it's mm-hmm. exactly sized for her. It's like you built... If, if it weren't square, if it were the same rectangular oh, shape right, as yeah. it were, it would be totally Willy Wonka looking. <laughs> like, let's walk through this tiny door. Now, right. I have several theories about this. There's a time when I thought maybe that's how they like deliver chickens and flour or something. <laughs> and then I thought maybe it was like a dumbwaiter or something, but it's a residential house. And then I had this theory that maybe that used to be a regular sized door and it had steps going down to it. Do you follow me? Yeah. Okay, so that's all I can figure. But there's concrete there now. There's like a slab. I don't have it in front of me, but I'm just from memory. But that's the only explanation I have in my head for why there's a tiny door on the What house. is it? Though? Although I do, I just love the idea though that it's somebody, you know, sometimes in the neighborhood, there's a guy in the neighborhood who's real, real weird. He has two macaws. And every time you've seen him with his macaws, he says the same thing. He says, listen, for all of you who love these birds, and you have to understand there's like literally two people standing there. He's, he's addressing them like one stadium. He goes, can I ask one thing? For all of you who love the birds, can I ask one thing? Could you please talk to everyone in your life about making it easier on people who own birds to find housing? <laughs> and my daughter and I looked at each other and we agreed that to the extent possible, we would help the macaw owners. But you, you just get people like that. You get people, you know, you can have you can have a topic you're super interested in in San Francisco, and then that becomes a thing. Like, you're not I'm even thinking, weird in San Francisco. <laughs> oh, Dan. You know what I mean? Dan, 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 I'm so the opposite of weird in San Francisco. I, <laughs> you're, like, I have, boring. I have, you're not even I, interesting I, there. <laughs> I'm like the mayor of perspective when it comes to San Francisco. <laughs> because I, I know what the bananas look like. I, I understand <laughs> that walking around with two macaws and an incontinent blind dog is not normal behavior. 
Yeah, I think he might have another dog. He might have a backup dog he's already picked up because the first one's not going to be around for long. It's one of those dogs oh, with an incontinent dog with, with a blind in one eye who just goes, dog, dog, at everything and just quivers. Probably the macaws. He's got two macaws. He's still training them to come back to them. They're like, they're like big, colorful rainbow boomerangs and sometimes they come back. Alicia! Alicia! Shoulder! Or whatever you yell at a macaw. <laughs> right. Shoulder. They're beautiful birds. They're, uh, they're beaks. Their beaks are very large. Yeah. You, you, ever gotten, you ever gotten bitten by a bird? Yes. Oh, There's yeah. A lot of torsion. A lot of torsion. What do you call it? Torque? You, Torque. You can, they uh, twist. Birds, they bite hard, oh, those birds. Yeah. They'll take a chunk out of you. So, oh, easy. Anyway, he was addressing us at the top of the hill by our park, kind of like uh, the Jesus, you know, Sermon on the Mount. That's a New Testament thing. Talking to us. Uh, and really, it was us. Oh, wait, can I tell you one more part? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so there's just people in the park, and we're interested because there's, uh, there's a very dramatic man with birds and a, and a dog, and two dogs. I think it was two dogs. I don't remember. I was really distracted by the birds and the man and his housing concerns. Um, but there's a woman there who's just kind of interested in the birds. She's not super interested in the birds, but she's keeping her distance because obviously this guy's a little bit of a loose cannon. <sighs> and the bird, every time the bird goes into its irresponsible loop in the sky, it kind of right before it lands on the dude, it kind of sweeps by her, like in this really kind of, not aggressive way, but a very curious way. And, and he says in, in a voice that's not a whisper and not quite a normal tone of voice, I forgot the word he used. So he says something like, it's mating season. <laughs> he, probably, he probably smelled you. So that was nice. <laughs> you ever been around a dog in heat? I uh, no, I don't. You know what happens? Can no. you guess what happens? Yeah, yeah, I can. Yeah, I can guess. You gotta put a diaper on it. I don't have to put a oh, diaper or pull up. You gotta they put don't something. do that. Oh, they sure do. Peep, wait a minute. You mean people mm. put a diaper on their dog? Well, actually, my yeah, like my uh, my niece has to put a diaper on her dog because it just doesn't understand, like you know, pinching. It's you, you oh, got you got to put it on. Yeah, come you start on. It right on. Yeah, <laughs> you, so you love that's terrible. Dog. No, you get a dog. You know, they all get incontinent eventually, but for a while, it's, you get them in their incontinent and then it's fine for a while. It's like the, uh, what do you mean, like you the get, riddle, riddle you mean the when you get a dog, it starts out incontinent? Well, here's the thing. You get a dog, it's called, they call it a puppy. You bring it home oh. and, it, and, it, and it poops and pees on everything and you say, no, no, go on the piddle pad. Everything involving dogs involves <sighs> pees. When it's a mess. You get pee, you get piddle, you got pad, peeing. And, uh, and then after a while, it eventually learns to hold it and make a noise and you let it go outside. You hope. Otherwise, of course, you know, you got a problem. Then it's fine for a while and then it gets older. Now, I had a friend from college and, uh, and her dog was really a mess. I mean, it was like a Model A that should have been, that she should have gotten rid of a long time ago. It had the whole eye thing. And it didn't even have the smart dog thing where it knew where the furniture was. So it basically just walked around running into furniture and pooping. And she just ran around. Now, my, in my niece's case, I think the dog might have a medical condition. So I shouldn't joke about that. But it has a little white, what kind of panty it has to wear. <laughs> You know what? Can I just say what I never want to see on my shopping list? Dog panties. That's <laughs> <laughs> so bad. It's horrible. This is horrible. Well, you, buy, you, like, you probably don't buy a lot of, like, you think about what you might call staples. This brings us back to the office thing, probably. Staples. But, like, you know, Bloomberg. <laughs> Bloomberg. And I, I so you've got to buy milk. I buy milk for my kid, right? I get, I get tequila for myself and chocolate for my lady. That's how we roll, right? And so that's always on my list, right? You got to always milk. Just do whatever you just get milk. You're never, you're always going to need milk. And the thing is, you don't want to see dog panties. I can't even say it. You don't want to see dog panties on your list, but woe betide you if you forget the, forget the dog panties one day. 
It's not going to remind you. It does not, it does not have a task management system, the incontinent dog. Anyway, so the thing is, you can't have big box stores in San Francisco. It's a thing. I think there might actually be like laws. You ever go to some places, like there's some areas, like rich people areas in Florida where there's no like electric signs, like they all have to be wooden signs. Oh yeah, like uh, like South Florida especially has a lot of that where like in Boca, yeah. in Boca, you couldn't, there's si- all kinds of signage rules that you can't have a certain they signage. They call sign, 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 signage, sign ordinances. So even McDonald's has like a wooden sign that's not awful. Right, and so you get ordinances. So you, you look at celebration, or yeah, similar. Yeah. You're uh, deed restricted communities. You enjoy so much, and there's lots of rules. And in San Francisco, we got a lot of rules, Dan. I mean, like a, just a whole whole cuss ton of, of rules. And uh, I think one of them is you just you just you can't have anything that's uh, too normal. Like like you, you could have you could have like a rainbow flag skateboard store, and that'd be fine. But like you can't have a crate and barrel. Oh my gosh, they wanted to build a crate and barrel, and that was a whole thing. So as I've said before, you got to go south of here. You got to go to Daly City or Colma if you want to get go to a Target. They got Red, a Target Redwood for, City. Redwood City. They got good tacos. I've been there. They got a Target. They got a Target in the Redwood City. Hmm. Hmm. So in that case, yeah, that's a weird one. There, some of the ordinances I think involve like I know in, in a lot of cities it's like this. I don't know if it's like this here. The zoning here is just bananas. Everything here is totally ridiculous. But like you can have you can or maybe have to have retail on the first floor and then you have like residents above that. That's like, you know, mixed use, they call it. You know what I mean? No, I totally know exactly what you mean. Because then you get in the whole suburban problem of everybody floods and this, boy, is it ever like this in San Diego? God love you. But like, uh, I did a talk at a place that makes chips and stuff there one time and it was totally after like seven o'clock, the McDonald's closed at eight because everybody was gone. They all had gone back out to the suburbs Nobody's hanging around in the uh, chip area after a certain hour. There's parts of San Francisco that are like that, but most of the, they call them the central neighborhoods are, you know, a mix of residential and not industrial or anything. But this is really, anyway, yeah. is this what people do you think tune in for, for the, in the show to listen? Let me check. Hang on. Just quick. Hmm. Advanced search. Yep. Okay. I uh, did you did, did I close all my parentheses there? Mm-hmm. So you got dog panties, you got macaw housing, you got uh, uh, turn, turns out you can't have office office max, office plus, office staples. You can have them in some places. This is the weird thing. It's very weird, but you can't build like an old school big box store. You know, like I think tr- I don't want to say Trader Joe's, Trader Joe's, Safeway. You'll see stores like that, but you you just don't get like a big Target. You is, Safeway, like a, is Safeway considered like a nice, a nice shop, a place to shop? I hope to Christ it's not. It's, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm really asking. I don't know. No, we have, I live next to the worst Walgreens in the world. Ask anybody, anybody who's been here and visit. I always take them there. I'm saying, see, this is what I'm talking about. It's the worst Walgreens in the world. <laughs> and see, we also it, have the worst, we have the worst Safeway. Our Safeway <laughs> is like a labyrinth. All they need is like a Minotaur and a fire extinguisher because I'm going to die in that building. Because people are standing by the soup, waiting to get to the ATM. People, Dan, this, you have a soup station at your Safeway? We don't we have those with, here. Oh, so Safeway has this thing where they've got like this thing. It's always by the ATMs. It's in the deli area, which is way too crowded. Nobody needs that much bread, Dan. Nobody. <laughs> I, I mean, enough with the convenience. And they're waiting in line to go to the ATM. So what do you do? You stand next to the soup station. And that is this totally, oh, Dan, you would love this. It's big pots of soup sitting there. And you get a cup. And you fill your cup with soup, and then you take it to the checkout. Now let your mind turn this over for a minute. You ever see anybody put soup in a cup? 
It's, yeah. it's not a surgical procedure. <laughs> right. It's a ladle. There's, there's a ladle and there's, there's, there's soup everywhere. There's oh, partial containers where they went, oh, I thought this was going to be, uh, you know, chili walnut. And instead I got, you know, vegetable bleach or whatever. And there's soup everywhere. And my hand to God, people are signing checks on the soup station because they're waiting in line for the ATM. Here's the thing. It starts at a corporate, at a high corporate level. They make a basic decision about one of these stores that has absolutely nothing to do with the, with the existential Weltanschauung of the entire building. See also Walgreens. Walgreens. You get, you get a seasonal aisle at your Walgreens, right? Yeah. Seasonal. Yeah. Sometimes it's Halloween. Sometimes it's school supplies. And sometimes in the summertime, they put up floaties. You can get, you can get bubbles for your kids. You get floaties. You get, uh, you what know. Is a flo- uh, what is a floaty? Like a floaty. Something you blow up and your kid floats. Oh, die okay. I thought that was something else. So in San Francisco, it's about 48 degrees every day in the summer. <laughs> but we've got fans. At our Walgreens. <laughs> All right. Did I mention it also has gift cards and did I mention the M&Ms are on sale? <laughs> <sighs> I asked people what we should talk about on the show. Yeah, I saw somebody, uh, some suggestions came in. Brother, 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 did we get a lot of suggestions? I don't even know where to begin. I'm going to have to like digest a lot of these. I, I, now, I, I don't want to tell you this because you probably don't want to hear it, but you know it comes up a lot. Sleep. Um, it came up a few times, but the one that really came up a lot that caught my eye... I don't think we should talk about this today, but I'm just throwing it out Florida. Yeah, a lot of people want to hear that. For 75, this is our, what is our diamond anniversary? What is today? Is this diamond? Is it diamond? Yeah, diamond. Okay. Huh. Diamond. I don't have a joke. Um, but we, uh, people want Florida. I, I, I got a few good ones here. We don't have to talk about any of these. It could just be a thing where we, you know, just... People really social- want that. But I think that that deserves something special. Yeah, like, like you finally getting drunk. I've, I've been drunk. Been drunk plenty of times. Yeah, I know. You got it all wired. But if you got a little bit wasted before we did the Florida show, don't you think you could really open up a little? Mm-hmm. Not probably going to happen. But uh, maybe. What if it happened by accident? That's not possible. Oh boy, you are so kung fu. <laughs> it's see. just it's really just not possible. Okay. Do you want me? Do, do, do you have anything you want to talk about today? I, I got lots. The galettes are back, so I'm full of beans. I, and I like it when you do when you prepare and do the shows. That's what I like. I did, it's just not preparing, Dan. This is asking our listeners, uh, both of our listeners, what they would like us to talk about. Because we, you know, we want to talk about things that people will be interested in. I'll talk about anything. Has that become clear yet? It has. It's be- well. It's becoming clear. Do you have any other questions about San Francisco I could help with? Hmm. It's basically like having a TiVo for your life. If you come to San Francisco, first of all, there will always be somebody who's 100 times weirder than you, and then is kind of mad at you that you're not that weird. And that's your problem, right? It's, it, it really, it's like a, it's like a, <clears throat> it's a great place. I, um, I, wish a, I wish a big crane would come and grab me sometimes and take me somewhere else. I always enjoyed San Francisco. Well, uh, back to the Safeway thing, the reason I asked that, when, when I was uh, visiting San Francisco, which I did frequently when I was uh, working in a, a startup out there, I would, I, the, one of the first times that I came out there and I, they were down off uh, two. So we, I would come down there and the first time I was there, I was at the office. Are you being serious? Or are you like 280, you're saying? No, two, the uh, second, second. That would you call it? Uh, it's like where all the, street? like, yeah, second street yeah, where all kinda, the, like. Kind of near, kind of near Embarcadero, like uh, Embarcadero Station kind of era. Yeah, near yeah. the AT&T, a few blocks from the AT&T. Oh, the oh, big okay. uh, where like, the the giants play. Gulch, yeah, yeah. So I was in there, and 
I said, uh, you know, guys, let's, you know, let's go to lunch. This, you know, one of my first lunches were in right in downtown or wherever that area is called. You know, I don't know what it is. And I said, let's get, you know, call it, they used to call it multimedia gulch. It's like where Wired was and where a lot of the yeah. pre.com yeah. uh, cool companies were. Okay. So I said, what, what do you want to do for lunch? And, and the, the one of the developers there, he's like, oh, I was just going to go get a sub sandwich from Safeway. Oh, God. I'm like, I just flew like a few thousand miles. Like, I don't want to eat a sub sandwich from Safeway. Like, isn't there anything like good food? And they said, oh, yeah, I guess we could go get, I guess we could go get tacos or something. It was really good. It was really, you know, they had really great food. And I, and I just, I said to him, I said, it's like, is Safeway like a good place to go get lunch? He's like, well, I, I, I like it. <laughs> so I didn't know if that was, that's what I was I bet asking. The biz dev, I bet the biz dev folks were going somewhere a little fancier. <clears throat> yeah, I did get I did the, get to McDonald's. Eat good dinner. There's a McDonald's right next to there too. That's really easy to get to. Um, <laughs> no, seriously. Um, we used to God, our, our the design company for my dot com was there, right around the corner. Yeah. Oh, God, it was brutal. Icon Media Lab. Is that the name of it? Oh my God, they were huge. They're you know what? That's a different show. I can't get into it. Um, but you know what? I, I think it's there's this phrase I like a lot: option anxiety. You ever heard that? You know, it's, I mean, there's a million ways to think about it. You know, it's like that, uh, too many X choices. Song. There's that great X song called see how we are, uh, like a mid eighties X song. It's something like John Doe goes, uh, um, what does he say? I got 10 kinds of Coke, 500 kinds of cigarettes. This is freedom of choice in the USA drives everybody crazy. And I think that's what's going on, man. There's like whole books about this, about just having too much stuff to choose from. We have so many distraction free writing environments to choose from. Um, well, I mean, like the smokers are not going to stop smoking because there's lots of cigarettes. Um, but in the case of, uh, food in San Francisco, yeah, there's so many places you can go. Of course, if you, you got to find a parking space (laughs) if you want to drive there. But I remember like times I've been in New York. Well, no, I'll, I'll speak directly to San Francisco. Uh, I have friends in New York who've talked about this and said any night of the week you pick up the village voice or whatever. And there are, there's probably like, if you were in high school in Florida, Look at it this way. There's like half a dozen bands that like, <clears throat> beg your pardon, Galette. There's like half a dozen bands every night in San Francisco or in uh, New York or San Francisco that like would be a once a year band where you live, right? So in my case, like maybe these guys would come to the Cuban club, like, like once a year you would drive and go see a band this good. And there's six or 10 or 15 or 20 bands a night like that <laughs> in New York, which sounds crazy. It seems like you would go, well, of course you know, Sebado is playing tonight. I've got to go see Sebado. But, you know, also like, you know, um, what, oh, Yola Tango is playing. And like, you know, Dave Brubeck is playing or whatever. There's so much stuff going on. And so what do you do? You watch the dog whisperer. Because <laughs> it's, it's there, right. right? It is. It is there. Three things, Dan. Exercise, discipline, <laughs> and then affection. You, you treat it like a human. Do you think he's popularized those weird skates? Is that, is that, did he invent those? I don't, I don't know what those are. All I know is someday I'm going to go to L.A. and I'm going to have Adam take me to the dog psychology center. Oh, that he runs out there? Yeah, that would be the large warehouse with the fence around it. Yeah, with all the dogs barking 24-7. <laughs> Millie's having such serious behavioral problems. He's taking her to the dog psychology center. <laughs> he must run, run, learn to run with the pack. <laughs> So that happened to me in San Francisco too. Like when I first moved here, <laughs> well, it was, was li- that was your your psychology center was going to San Francisco. <laughs> sort of an analogy for for you. Yes. Hmm. Hmm. I'm gonna pretend to write that down. 
Is that uh, the Buddha? Hmm? Let me check. Oh, boy. Oh, you know who I got right here? You know who's <laughs> back? Guess who's back? Oh, Gil needs this one. Uh, I can't. Oh, is it your Gil, your Gil statue? <laughs> I got my Gil, my Gil, uh, Gil Glenderson. McGilla Gorilla. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and so uh, uh, the option anxiety thing, I think like when you get on a job and uh, this is, it's so funny you should mention that specific example because um, I'm just always referring in the generic to the dot-com job because that was, a, it was a really big deal for me to get that job. I had done very little with my life for several years before that, apart from go to bands and be in bands and see bands and, you know, hang out and, you know, read magazines and, um, when my, uh, when my filial relationship started falling apart in, uh, in Florida, that's when I went out and got this job. My friend got me this job really, but it started out in Florida and then it became a job where I moved to San Francisco and it marks this, like you care, it marks this really important part of my life where it's so rare that you really feel like this cesura where you go, okay, there was this thing and now there's that thing. You know what I mean? It's really rare that you feel such a, you know, maybe it's going to college, maybe it's somebody in your family dying, but it was such a huge deal for me to go from like, not rural, but like, you know, Tallahassee's a great town, but to going from that <laughs> to, you know, San Francisco um, was such a, such a big deal in my head. So I knew for a while that I'd be going to San Francisco and you know how it is. Like when you were, when you were still keeping it to yourself that you were moving specifically to Austin, we knew that you were moving somewhere. Right. But didn't, and listen, seriously, Florida, what a terrific state. But wasn't there some part of you that like every second you had to spend in Florida became like a hundred times worse? Because all you could think about is like being done with this. Yeah, you, but you were still there. Yeah. Mentally I mean, I was, you were done. Mentally you'd moved on. Right. And yet. <laughs> and yet you'd have no idea how many, <laughs> how many months of chaos sat between you and actually having the same bed to sleep in for a few months. But that, in my case, like that became pretty stark because at that point I was really ready. Oh my God, I still miss my friends there so much. I still miss the band stuff so much. I miss all of that. But at the same time, I was like, okay, I'm ready for this chapter to close. You know, especially the, the filial relationship part ending. I was really ready to get out of town. But I still, I still work in there. And we worked in this building on like the outskirts of town, like out by the airport, the, the, what, you know, my dot-com-ish job. So I was there with the engineers in this dungeon. And uh, when we'd sit there under these... Dan, this is like your hell place to work. Sounds bad. Yeah. It's fluorescent lights. Oh, it's got, it's got everything you hate. It's fluorescent lights, real estate, and cold fusion. <sighs> All in the same <laughs> Well, the cold fusion's not so bad. You should see my application.cfm. It's pretty tight. Lots of includes. Conditional yeah. includes. I don't, I, I, don't, I don't have... I'm like included once. Include as many times as I feel <laughs> like. Don't boss me. Macromedia. <laughs> But um, <laughs> we're in this building in, in the sticks and we were really working a lot. I mean, what we made was pretty atrocious, but we were trying really hard at it, <laughs> as you do. Um, but when we go to lunch, of course, there'd be a pack of people. Every job I had was like this, but especially there, you get a pack of people and you had to go somewhere pretty fast, right? Yeah. Because, you know, there's a lot of people, you got to go, it's a thing, you talk about a barbecue buffet or sushi buffet or meat <laughs> buffet. Like, which buffet are we going to go to? Crème brûlée buffet? You know, like, ugh. and then, you, then you'd all pile into your cars and this big caravan of sad would go flying out across uh, Capital Circle and you'd go to whichever buffet you guys had agreed on. And I kept, all that time I kept thinking, and you know, oh my God, it's going to be so great when I get to San Francisco. It's going to be so great when I get to Menlo Park. Right. Because like I've said before, I mean, to me, the Silicon Valley, I didn't, I didn't really ever completely understand what that phrase meant. 
I mean, I'd seen Brainstorm and stuff like that, but I didn't really have a sense to me. <laughs> I thought Silicon Valley was going to be like like Christopher Walken making dream hats. That's, that's kind of what I thought it would be. You saw that movie, right? I have seen that. Yeah. But it's not. It's like a really ugly highway and a bunch of selfish people and a big building that looks like batteries. <laughs> that's you know, Silicon Valley. It's a lot of... Like, <laughs> right. And so, so the point being that by the time I got there and had this job in Menlo Park and was living in San Francisco... Um, I'm in Menlo Park. I mean, one of the most affluent, got to be one of the most affluent. Uh, yeah, it's got to be up there in the top, you know, 5% of affluent communities. And you know what I did? So in Florida, oh yeah, we're, we're going to go to Johnny McSub buffet or whatever. Oh, groan. Can't wait until I get to San Francisco and get some artisan old squid tentacles for breakfast. <laughs> no, I went to the same bagel place every day. You know, I got my haircut at the same haircut place every month. Yeah. It was funny because I mean the the person that I was still came with me. The the person that I thought I was leaving behind was in my suitcase with me the whole time. And there was the same person that craved that kind of comfort. Mm. And so maybe your dude who wanted to go to Safeway for a sub, which is just a terrible idea. They're, they're not good sandwiches there. Publix, Publix makes a pretty good sandwich. Uh, yeah, I mean, they, they, have, they have a lot of bread choices if you eat that. Mm. Do you imagine, do, do you, could you even believe how much I crave Publix today? It's so weird. I don't know, Publix is great. I mean, it really, that's the, that's the best thing that came out of Florida. That's true. Pup, yeah, yeah. Uh, that and iron and wine. Yeah. Publix, yeah, where shopping is a pleasure. Mm -hmm. Now, the thing is, I, I'm, I'm trying to finish this one stupid point. That's not really a point. Just that uh, then I, I was like your dude, though. Right? I was like, I was Subway guy when I came out here. And I, I still, yeah, we might go somewhere fancy for lunch. My boss would take us somewhere and I'd eat something called sand dabs. I still don't know what a sand dab is, but it was like $30. <laughs> and, <clears throat> and, but I mean, we would do that occasionally. But, um, I mean, those habits still came along with me and that option anxiety still struck me mm. because now, I mean, uh, now I have a job and I have to get in the car at 530 to go drive, you know, whatever, 20 miles away to go sit in a former dentist's office and make a website that <laughs> wasn't very good. So it was great. A lot of it was moving from one way station to another way station. I thought it was a total arrival, but, you know. It was mostly just different subs at a different store. <laughs> you want to button this up? No, I, li I like that. I'm th I like that analogy. Yeah. Well, I mean, there actually, there's, there's several potential topics there, unfortunately. But, um, Let's do them all. Yeah. Think about the option anxiety part. I'm trying to, and then I'm also thinking about this big, giant list of suggestions from people. I had one topic I really liked That's in here. both the same thing, isn't it? I don't know. I wasn't listening. There's, there's, there's one, one I really like in here that I think you would like a lot. Okay. Is there any, any parentheses we should close there? No, I think you did it. Okay. So to summarize, some dogs need panties. <laughs> Why not make it a little easier for a man who owns macaws to have a house? All right. <laughs> Does it have to be that hard? No, you may not build your useful store here. Uh, Sabado is playing tonight. And we, we've got to come back to sleep in Florida. Two things we've got to come back to. Well, the sleep one you wanted to do research for, so that you've been yeah. hesitant to do anything, that without research. Yeah, I mean, anything that requires me to, 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 to do stuff, I, I, I usually don't do. Yeah. It's hard. It's a lot, work, work is a lot of work. <sighs> Josh, this is from, um, and, and just for, first of all, <laughs> let me say thank you. Seriously, thank you very much. I, I'm sorry I did that douchey thing of asking the hashtag thing. It's just that I've got to wade through all the people who well, are correct. Well, it's fine. It's not a big deal. Well, I don't do it a lot unless I'm joking and I like to make fun of it because it's stupid, but it is actually kind of useful for something like this. So uh, I'm grateful to everybody who wrote. And, I, and these all are all captured in the giant list 
Um, let, me, let, me, let me tell you this one. Um, this is from Todd, who is at Todd Sand Ends. I'm just, re- I think that's probably right. Todd okay. Sand uh, you ready? You, can I, can I, can I uh, give you this one? Yeah, let's do it. <clears throat> Topic suggestion. Being stuck in the middle, communicating and enforcing rules you didn't create and may not agree with. Mm. Nothing? Rules you didn't create and may not agree with. Yeah, I think that's really interesting. That's, that's like back to the whole agency discussion, though, isn't it? Could be. Mm-hmm. Could be. Um, I, I don't know why that, that uh, caught my attention quite so much. Oh, and he said also colon Jean Grey. I'm trying to lay off the Jean Grey stuff, but, you know. Yeah, you, you emailed me, and you were saying if I wanted to do something, you know, where, would I, where should I go next? Away from Jean Grey. Oh, yeah, And I yeah, just, yeah. just coordinated I think the... I'm taking, I think I'm taking kind of a, a little bit of a comic break. Um. Yeah, it's a long story. I I couldn't get my Marvel Masterworks on Canny X Men Volume Two. It's it's just not even made anymore. You you can't get it. You can't get it unless you go to one of these jackals on one of the little uh, marketplace mm, like stores. eBay or something. Ugh. <laughs> Do you do anything on eBay? Yes. Mm. That's got to be hard. Do you write reviews? No. No, you have to give feedback though. I think. But mm. other than that, and and then all you have to do is say great seller fast. Shipping a plus 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 yeah, plus yeah. plus. That's plus. all I have to do. Mm. Seems like there's a lot of plus inflation on eBay. They still do that. They still do the A plus 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 would buy again thing. You can you can you can find some good comics on eBay. Hmm. <sighs> they slabbed up. Well, that's the only way you really know what you're getting on eBay. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I think I think I like this one from Todd. Is it Todd? Oh, Todd's and ends. That's clever. He needs intercaps. I said Todd's sand ends. Like so odds and ends? Yeah, like except that he took and he turned it. He's Todd's and ends. That's pretty clever. That's a good uh, name. Huh. 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 <laughs> Being stuck in the middle, communicating and enforcing rules you didn't create and may not agree with. Somewhere in my in my very broken uh, big box store of a brain, that, that that's pretty near the center of a lot of things that that i'm obsessed with hmm. um the it's the it's the hub in some ways not a hub maybe it might be a spoke but it touches on a lot of stuff that we talk about on here right there's the whole sense there's the whole thing of like well how do i get out of this situation that i didn't create you know the, the classic like how do i get to do the job i love kind of stuff well you know implicit in almost all of those things is that i'm somewhere doing something that i didn't either didn't ask for or or I, Maybe I'm I'm doing something where I had asked for or expected something different, and and now I'm kind of bummed. Do you know what I mean? No, I totally do. Well, that's about, okay. then that goes back to the expectation conversation, doesn't it? It goes back to all the conversations in some ways because everyone we've ever had. Well, I mean, you know, it's um, you don't need to keep taking the antibiotics after you know you're all better, right? You take the antibiotics till you're done. Like if you don't, if you don't need the show, this stuff shouldn't, well, may not be all that interesting to you. Like if you're a whole and perfect person, then, then you probably aren't listening to podcasts and good on you. But, um, but, but something that comes up for our listeners, because it comes up for me, I suspect uh, why you listen to the show is that I, I, I struggle with stuff like that too, which is, you know, a misalignment, um, on expectations and stuff. But okay. But st- straight to this example, it sucks to have to enforce a rule that you did not make and perhaps a rule that you did not like. When you say enforce it, do you mean enforce it like for yourself or for people who you work with or what? Or just being in a, in a, in a role where that's your job? 
I'll give you an example for that because I don't know what you're talking I've got, about. I've got, I've got, I've got an example that's, right. that's from Go this ahead. morning. Go ahead, caller. Uh, I, I have told you this. I've t- I tell my daughter this all the time. The TV shows that we watch, they've got to be TV shows that I like. They must. Yes, they must also be TV shows you like. But I never want to get into the habit of, of like letting you watch like a whole bunch of some really, really crappy show. Because uh-huh. I don't want you to think that's what's normal. And I don't want to have to sit through it. And I also never want to be the person who parks their kid in front of the TV without actually watching TV with them. Uh, you, can, you, you, know, you guys can go and split hairs about that all you want. I'm fine with that. I, you know, <laughs> I'm being honest. That's like okay with me. I do think you need to have an expectation and you know, try to meet it. But I'm not defensive about that. I, we watch TV and it's really fun. But I really, that, that really shouldn't be Dora. You know? and, yeah. and I, can, I can only take... Like, I, like, I like some Curious George... Uh, today was Angelina Ballerina, and I'm fine with Angelina Ballerina. She likes the kind of crappier CGI version. I like the more like cartoon version of it, but it's but it, but it's a sweet show. Um, but it would be so much easier for my wife uh, and me if we were okay with just parking her in front of whatever. Because yeah. the truth is, like Dora or something else spazzy, something like um, Yo Gabba Gabba. Like she might, or for that matter, God bless it, Adventure Time. Like she could sit there and be completely occupied by that for five hours. Uh, you know, or whatever, two hours. But I don't want her to do that. I think that makes her an unhappy person. You know, too much of that stuff is kind of bad. And it disrupts this whole idea of having the expectation and then trying to be consistent about it. Uh, the place I'm going with all of this is that She's having a really good time doing that. I'm, my, my, uh, my wife and I are having a good time maybe getting to have a, a, a four-sentence or four-word sentence conversation <laughs> yeah. for the first time. I mean, you just don't get to talk to your wife, right? No, not, not for years. I miss this. I really miss this. And, you know, it's, it's, it sounds silly, but like we've joked about that before. You've got to give an iPad to have a conversation. But it's true. Otherwise, a four-year-old is going to be like screaming at you the whole time. You know what? If you guys have a four-year-old where you say, honey, please be quiet. My, well, no, I don't want to hear from that person. Talk for 20 minutes about something that's excruciatingly boring to you. Well, you know what? Mm. I don't want to. You're, you're, keep, you're, it to keep it to yourself. Your kid's going to gut you one day, buddy. You're going <laughs> to you're gonna wake up with no gut. You're going to wake up with some macaw on you. That's what you're going right, to get. Right. Can I just a plea, really, to everyone who rents <laughs> houses? Um I, that's not fun for me to say, okay, that's it, we're turning off. Or, you know, to say like, well, you know, here's what we agreed to. What we agreed to was that we would watch, and then we get into this definition of what is an episode versus what is a segment. You know, and I oh. feel like I'm talking to Van Hoot. <laughs> right. Do you get into the negotiations on that? I guess, and I try not easiest, to. It would be the easiest thing in the world for me to just say, sure, that's fine. And in my case, go to work. And know that for the next half hour now, my wife gets gets <laughs> a very unusual thirty minutes to herself while our daughter is hypnotized by the TV. Yeah, I don't like enforcing that rule. Yeah, I guess in some ways I made that rule, but I I don't I don't love doing that. I mean, that's just that's that's one probably kind of silly example. But even though I, even though I'm the one that made that rule, I don't love enforcing it because it makes her unhappy. Yeah, it makes it makes life less super easy for us. But. I think in the work, workplace, that's a thousand times harder. So your example. Well, it's a, it's a little bit different. Because it's about enforcing a rule that I had nothing to do with and that I didn't care about and that I had contempt for. I'd love to hear it. Did, did you ever do stuff like MIS-ish stuff? You've done stuff like you got to take games off people's computers. Oh, yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. 
See, that's to me, that's a classic example. <laughs> there was, like, uh, there's so many stories there I give you. I'll give you one of those. Yeah. I thought I'd give you this one already. But uh, one of my uh, early jobs when I was focused mainly on IT, I was like the system and network administrator for the corporate office for a company that uh, did like aerospace. It was in the aerospace industry. I'll just put it that way. And there, this is before the day of like ICQ or IM. This is, I mean, maybe 93, 94 time period. And Windows for Workgroups was new. And there was some little messaging thing where you could send a message to somebody else's computer. I'm not, I don't even remember how this worked, but it was all an internal thing. And I guess a couple of the people had discovered that you could do this. And so they were sending messages to each other. Several people would do this. And their boss discovered this. And their boss was very, very, very good friends with my boss, who was the uh, woman in charge of all of IT. And uh, they were very good friends. And so the one, sa- the, the one said to my boss, I don't want them doing this anymore. Can you make them stop doing this with your computers? Make, them, make it not work anymore. <laughs> And this was back in the day where when a computer, everybody was shut down at night. Like nobody, nobody left their computer on overnight. I mean, it's. Yeah. What if there was lightning? Yeah. You would, so you would shut it down. And then every morning when it would wake up, it would execute a batch script that was, uh, would tell it to essentially execute a batch script on the server if there was any update. And this is how I would push out updates. And this was back in the day, like an update or a way to change something was essentially just a batch script that copied files and overwrote what was on their local machine. So that day, my boss said, you need to make this stuff stop. Uh, You need to take this off people's computers. So I wrote a batch script that would I don't think I deleted it, but I think I moved it, renamed it to some obscure place and essentially deleted that executable file off their computer. And it ran and it ran on everybody's computer when they turned it on that morning. And no, nobody really noticed, but the couple of people that did came right away, right away to my office. Hey, uh, so, you know, I was using, there's this application I was using. It's gone now. Program probably called it. Back then. So they weren't, they weren't like mad that you did it. They were just like, hey, I need some they help because like my app doesn't work. Yeah, they didn't know that I had done anything. It just something stopped working. And I said, well, yeah, um, you should probably ask your boss about that. But I didn't even realize it at the time. Like I was just following orders at the time. I didn't even – I was too young and naive to realize that the political arena that I had just stepped into and the action that I'd taken and, and because – I then became like the guy who deleted the app that we really liked, you know, <laughs> like I was the guy that took this app, you know, or program away from these people. You. I took it away. Like, I took it away. It was your idea. Right. Like, I took it away. It's not even just that you implemented that, though, that like you, you equals <laughs> Dan. Equals I was the man, you know, kill. <laughs> yeah, I was the guy that took away the thing that they all really liked. And now I, when I thought about it later, I realized, you know, really there, this should have been their boss's issue. Their boss should have gone to them and said, listen, you guys are sending these messages and I feel like it's counter to your, it should have been encapsulated in that department. It should never have been me doing something, you know, it should never have involved me. It should have been a personnel issue. And that boss should have gone to the employees and said, I'd really like for you guys to stop doing it. I, I'm going to trust that you will. 
And that should have been that. But the, fa- you know, but, and that's, that's been like one of these things I've thought about for years. Uh, like how uh, that, that shouldn't even have involved, but that wasn't the example I was going to give you. Let's hear it. Okay. Uh, college. I had a job at the UCF uh, arena and in the UCF arena, it was a really small arena. And the things that they used to do, and I don't even, it's not even fair to call it an arena, what we had back then. It was just a, a <laughs> was it like, like regional wrestling. It was like a gym. Indoor, indoor soccer. <laughs> it was a gym with bleachers, but that was our arena. And I was one of the many people who would work there and work these different events that they had. And I took the job because it meant I was going to get to see concerts once in a while when they would come there. And like the damn Yankees came there. And you remember, <laughs> you remember extreme more than words, you know? Oh, yeah, those they came. You saw damn Yankees. Oh yeah, Ted Nugent, man. <laughs> and Jack Jack Blades in that. Yeah. Oh my god. Okay, sorry. Continue. So you know, so I got to see some cool bands and things like that. But they also had, you know, they would do some graduations there, and they would do other things like that. And you know, I we haven't uh, hung out a lot in person. But you, I, I'm not an especially intimidating person physically. I'm not uh, menacing, and. Yet, I was occasionally a bouncer. Like, effect, effectively, I would be the enforcer that would, I was, my job was to make sure that people, parents, did not stand in front of the, you know, seating, taking pictures of their kids, who, by the way, are only going to graduate from college one time. So my job was to, whenever a parent would come down, there's my kid walking across the stage to receive their co- college diploma, their bachelor's degree or whatever. I'm not allowed to, I'm not able, I, I'm supposed to prevent them and not permit them to walk down and stand up for the 20 seconds to take the picture. And I said to the, the guy that was running this, I'm like, well, what am I supposed to do? We'll just ask them to please go take their seat. I'm like, wait. So their kid's graduating. They're going to walk down to the, in the middle of the aisle for like 30 seconds to take a picture and go back up. I'm supposed to ask them not to do that. And he's like, yeah, oh my you God, they spent, they spent 15 or 20 seconds running up to get into position yeah. to take the photo. Yeah. And then at the moment when their kid's walking across the stage, they're not supposed to do that. Some wimpy kid is trying to roll them and say, go back. Yeah. I probably <gasps> weighed a buck 25. Uh, you know, I'm about five, six, five, seven. And I'm supposed to like encourage them to go take their, I mean, you, you don't, you would not believe the anger that parents are, well, you would believe, I certainly believe, the anger that parents would uh, release on you is to, to, like, how dare you tell me I can't take a picture of my kid who's graduating from college? Who do you think paid for this college? Who's paying for you to be here right now? You know, that kind of thing. Right. Uh, it was just, and yet, like, if I didn't do it, <laughs> my section would have all the parents standing up in the front. And then people behind them would complain, and then I, I would be my uh, you're job. The, you're, the weak, you're the weak link right, in the chain. Right, right, yeah. exactly. Oh, it's brutal, Dan. Yeah. That was the one I was going to use, too. That's, that, that's a good one. Yeah, the, the phrase I just wrote down, I mean, this is a, probably oversimplification, but don't kill the messenger. Yeah, right. <laughs> it, goes for, it goes for customer service stuff. It goes for so many things. Um, but here's another funny one. Like this morning on the, on the internet, I was making fun of... Uh, people with really long email signatures or people who feel they need to sign everything. You ever see when people <laughs> sign comments? I just saw something. I saw something it was on yeah. some site today and somebody said, well, I disagree that the flirted blurp, 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 
sign crystal crystal crystalline of <laughs> you know of crystal designs dot foo <laughs> at crystal design thirty five. <laughs> And it's like, will you really? You need a five line signature to leave a one sentence comment. That's uh, well, obviously that's a form of a, a form of humane spam. <laughs> There's really no such thing. But the, this is a funny one. Um, I, I've heard this from many people. Um, I, I'm very I'm <clears throat> I'm very interested in those uh, email footers, those automated email footers that go out from increasingly pretty much companies in general. It used to be just law firms and accountants and stuff, but you'd get that footer that read like a EULA. You get like, this message is only intended for the person it was intended to be intended for. Please delete this immediately and put it about it. None of the information. You should go see your doctor for it. Ask your doctor. And, and, you know, you get this long thing. And, you know, I, I, I don't know a lot about law and stuff. I'm no fancy lawyer. But like, <laughs> but like, so like since when, like in the case of like that, like, so, so some dip cuss, at your company, sent that to the wrong person, and now that person is legally obligated to do anything. I, you're gonna have to ask D Sparks about this, but I'm pretty sure that's not accurate. Yeah, right. I don't. I I don't know if this is. I'm sure we'll hear about this, but I got a feeling this has probably not been tested in court. And if it has been tested in court, a bunch of stuff you chose to have at the bottom of your email probably did not mean much of anything. Whether that's a copyright notice or anything, I d- I really doubt we've. There's been a lot of landmark cases in going like, well, see, I told you you should have deleted it immediately because you weren't the intended receiver. And so now I'm getting all these notes from people because you know you really should make fun of those because they're very very silly. But who gets mad about that? Um, is the is the idiot in the legal department mad that I said that? Hmm? Hmm, probably not. Is is the is the uh, IT person who was who they demanded? automate that being added to all emails in a different typeface where it looks real, you know, amateurish. Well, no, they're probably not mad. You know who's mad? The people whose emails all have that stupid thing appended to it. Yeah. They have no choice over the matter. They have no way to turn it off. It was like this with my publisher. It's like this with every lawyer I've ever dealt with. You know, and again, increasingly, just inside of, inside of large corporations, anybody who communicates with the outside world, I, I have to even get... I, I'm just going to guess this is a Sarbanes-Oxley thing, in theory. I, I, I really doubt that it does a lot to help you with much of anything. But I'll bet it's a, the, an environment of fear about what can happen with communications. You know what I mean? That, yeah, that would cause totally. you to want to strap that on there and act like it's going to help anybody. But, you know, the people who are affected by that, well, are secondarily, people like me who think it makes you look stupid, and B, the people who are looking stupid, which are the people who did not, who are not the people who chose to put it on there, the people who have just been forced to use it. Right. So now, I mean, just like at Walgreens, you go to Walgreens and everybody looks like an ad. Everybody who works there, they've got a shirt that's like, ask me about my digital photos. And they've, they've got a vest that's like, your coupons are fine. <laughs> and they've they got a hat that says, want more diabetes, you know, or whatever. They don't want to wear those, but they have to. They give them that and you got to wear them. So, yeah. I mean, I think this goes a lot of different ways. I'm, one reason I'm using all these, these very funny examples is I don't have an answer yet. For how you get out of this, but I, uh, I, I do think I do think it's a, a huge problem. I, um, it's it's no fun to be that person. Or think about this again. Like think about what? Think about being a cop, right? And like like you probably don't. A uh, cop's probably a big example. No, I was actually thinking of that too. You know, these are these are people who have sworn to uphold the law, even if the law has changed since they originally took that vow. For example, you know mm-hmm. what? You know, I, I think most of the time. You think police are probably doing 
doing what they believe they should be doing. But I'm sure there are a lot of conditions where they're stuck and how frustrating that would be. I don't know how many people, I, I don't think I can relate to being a, a cop, but. Well, the closest thing that I, that I could think of that's um, almost parallel to your system administrator guy or wh- whatever you called that role. I had that role uh, at the company I was in, a very small company, yeah. which I'm sure really makes John Syracuse a laugh. Ha ha. It is humorous that Merlin would have a job given he knows so little about things. But I actually was able to maintain a Macintosh uh, network and stuff. Uh, <laughs> but I, I didn't run into it there. I feel like I ran into it a little bit when I was an RA, which, as again, we have to always have to stipulate at my school, an RA basically handed out light bulbs and toilet paper. But sometimes we did have to do stuff. Like, this is in the days before like all the liability stuff was happening. Like today, I imagine mm-hmm. being an RA is like being somewhere between a security guard and a CIA agent. You know? But back then, it really was just to kind of keep an eye out and make sure people were being safe. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I never felt any sense of like, you know, the last thing I wanted to be, well, I got that, I took the job because I wanted to make a little bit of dough and get a free room, you know, and, and help my fellow man, I guess. But uh, it was, it was not a difficult gig. And I, I never, I never, I hated any time that I would start to feel like the hall monitor because nobody likes the hall monitor. Yeah. Because the hall monitor is a guy or a gal who likes wearing the orange thing and has this inflated sense of power. It's kind of like a TSA person. A TSA person is basically an ineffective hall monitor for a plane, right? And so I I hated the times, the very rare occasions where I felt that way. There were times when I personally, and and, oh boy, get ready for this complexity. In my case, I had a, a, you got a pretty good room when you got this gig. You got a nice corner room with uh, with two sliding doors, private room. It was awesome. And uh I was right on Palm Court, which was like where all the parties were. So like between the three big IMP design dorms, it was called Palm Court, and that's where a lot of the parties were. And it was like an echo chamber. It was so loud. And we had these giant Bose speakers we bought with student monies. It was amazing. But, you know, you can only listen to so much reggae at 3.30 in the morning. <laughs> oh, man. And I would say the optimal amount is none ever. I, I never need to hear another reggae song. You know, it's... Yeah. It's like the Mook National Anthem or something. Yes, I understand you're jamming. I get it. Um, <laughs> but but so here's a, here's a complex one for me. Is there are a lot of times where like, and it was an environment where you, I think there was an environment of tolerance to the extent possible in New College in a way that San Francisco likes to think it's tolerant. But there really was a thing where it was like, hey, somebody's playing loud music, get earplugs. Well, it'd be really nice if that person was not being obnoxious. But, you know, our main role here is to let people fly their freak flag and to hopefully be cool about it. But there were times when I was the one who was being driven crazy by it. You know, where maybe I had an exam mm. the next day or I had something I needed to do the next morning or maybe I just wanted to sleep like a grown-up. And I was so sick of hearing the reggae that, you know, now do I want to go out there and be, and be like a hall monitor guy when it's really just me that's mad about it? Do I have to wait until I get two complaints or three complaints? And this, of course, then eventually this happens so much you start to have a procedure for it. And so I say, okay, well, here's the new procedure. If there's one complaint, and this, you know, if they go to the cops, it might be game over. But if they go to an RA, if we want to keep this inside of our wheelhouse or whatever, we have to enforce these things. So there were times when I, luckily, very, fairly few times, but where I would have to go out there at exactly 12.01 or whatever because somebody had complained about it and go to my friend and say, could you please turn the music down? You pull out the decibel meter and like suddenly you're somebody you don't want to be. Who, who wants to who wants to have it be be holding a decibel meter to their friends? Like yeah. that's not fun, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but I mean that's that's the job, and this this is why I think I hope that it's been long enough now. Uh, but for probably the hundredth time on the show, I'm going to read you uh, part of a paragraph. Okay. That, 
that I think gets to this. And then I'm gonna tell you about something I like. It's a TV show called The Wire. Have you ever heard of it? I have heard of that. Um, and uh, on the DVD commentary of uh, S1E1, uh, David Simon is doing the, uh, the commentary. And this is what he says about The Wire. Uh, I'm just reading from Wikipedia here. Uh, large cast contains mostly characters. Simon has said that despite its presentation as a crime drama, the show is, quote, really about the American city and about how we live together. It's about how institutions have an effect on individuals. Whether one is a cop, a longshoreman, a drug dealer, a politician, a judge, or a lawyer, this is the interesting part, all are ultimately compromised and must contend with whatever situation they are committed to. And I, I will continue to read that constantly because it's had a profound effect on my understanding of things. Mm. Can I give you the Merlin spin on that? Yeah. You have to pick which system is allowed to corrupt you. Um, you, have, you know what I mean? You're going to have to enforce rules for somebody. It's, it's mainly a question of who you can live with enforcing rules for. Um, I was telling um, uh, our buddy Jonathan Colton the other day that the, whenever I try to describe why, apart from really enjoying his music a lot, like how I describe him, the values that he has to other people. Um, he laughed when I said this, but I was like, I always say I, I really admire Jonathan Colton because he's circumspect about who's allowed to screw up his career for almost no money. And that's, boy, that's fine for Jonathan Colton. Right. He's this independent guy who's a, you know, a half but he, But no, you make a very interesting point there. Mm-hmm. There's two, well, there's, yeah, there's two pretty pointy points in that. <laughs> Right, that and this may or may not be on topic, but what does that have to do with the wire? Well, the thing on the wire is well, I was first of all, ask it's, that. and well, it's a great show because um, you, it, it's not a police procedural. Like when you watch it, you start to quickly understand that those cops, cops aren't always the good guys, and drug dealers aren't always the bad guys. And you're ready for this? There really aren't any good guys and bad guys. There's people living their lives, right? But the thing is, McNulty's going to have to go in, and his boss is so mad at him when he gives him the 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 the, the bird with both hands. <laughs> <laughs> McNulty, put up your Irish or whatever. Sorry, Marker. Um, you you go into that system and and you may think you know what you're in for, but you may not really know what you're in for until it's too late and now it's your career in that case, right? So there are cops in there. There's there's the cops like, uh, what's his name? Not Hulk. What's whatever his name is. Uh, you know, the big, uh, the big ball, you know. There's the two guys, the pair of guys, and the one guy's real ambitious and the other guy's kind of just a mook. Like everybody's ambitions for what they're there for are, are so different. But we can look at that and we can break that down to be a simple, uh, something as simple as good guys and bad guys. Like your boss at the arena sees you as a good guy because you're enforcing the rules that he probably has to enforce that he didn't pick, right? Uh, the, the man or woman who's trying to just take a photograph of their kid sees you absolutely as a bad guy. And you're in the middle just doing a thing. No, you're not killing people. Right. No, you're not saving people from a fire. It's not that simple. You're somewhere in between trying to do your job. But for that amount of time that you were there, you allowed yourself to be ultimately corrupted by a system that was in the end you didn't believe in and was not really worthwhile. Oh, what could be more petty than a college job as a security guard or whatever? But that's, that's a little example of what we're talking about, I think. No, it totally you know is. I mean? It totally is. And I, I think we all, have, we all have examples of this around us all the time. Always the other, the Jonathan one. I mean, so what did I say? I said Jonathan is good because he's circumspect about who's allowed to screw up his career for almost no money. And, and what does that have to do with the wire and you? Well, there's, there's always going to be somebody who's got their own viewpoint. Here's the agency part. They got their own viewpoint into what you should be doing, how you should be doing it, how it could be making them more money or causing them less trouble, right? If you're a politician, I'll bet you look at journalists largely as things that you hope remain benign until they screw with you. 
You want their, you want the journalist, journalist to notice you when you want to be noticed, and you absolutely want them to leave you alone when you don't want to be investigated, for example. Right? That, that's, a, that's a pretty conflicted relationship. Yeah. Well, it's not the journalist's job. It may be, I guess, it's to, to follow up leads and stuff, but it's really your job to like, write things for the paper. If you find an interesting story, you're going to write about whatever that's about. If it's too close to some, you know, somebody you know or something like that, you might not do it. But I don't know. I mean, most of us are just doing a job is the thing. And, and I guess, I guess I just feel like, ah, what was, I had another great example of this. I, and now I, I can't remember it. Um, I'll come back to it, but, um, I guess we should t- talk about, is this making any sense at all, Dan? I think, well, Not yeah, really. yeah. I mean, less than usual, but that doesn't mean no. You've been saying that a lot lately. Do you want me to try and summarize what I'm trying to talk about? Will that help? Why don't we do the thing and then yes. Okay, good. So here's the thing. Being stuck in the middle, communicating and enforcing rules you didn't create. <laughs> I'm totally cutting you off. Um, you chose to be in that job. Nobody made you have that job. True. You may need that job, but you've, you're, you're, you're putting yourself under a lot of different obligations. When ultimately, on some level, you can be the one, hey, you'll notice, I'm not going to Nuremberg. We're not going to go to your Nuremberg. <laughs> We're staying away from Nuremberg. But there, we all have culpability in whatever we decide to enforce. So is it a question of like, in your case, like taking games off somebody's machine or removing a chat client? Yeah. Well, what does that really say about your values as a human being? Well, probably, probably not much. It matters a lot to that person who got their chat client removed or whatever. They're, they're good and mad about it and you're the jerk. Your boss just thinks that you're just doing your job. But I mean, we're the ones in, in the middle who, who I think, who do have to decide who's allowed to corrupt us. And if you don't mind taking games, let's say you're really into taking games and chat, chat things off people's machines. Well, you're probably in the right job. You and your droogies could be there all day long, just <laughs> making people's life less fun. But I think the, the part about being, and we will come back to this after uh, talking about this thing that I like, but to, to address Todd's and Enz's question, you either have to be okay that somebody uh, created the thing that you don't like, um, or you have to be super okay with being the one who has to enforce it. Right. And then to, to the artful, the artfulness of that, I think is knowing, um, before it gets too late, um, when you can still escape from that, um, in a way that, that keeps your dignity and sense of self intact. Boy, that, that, is, is that any better at all? Yeah. That's heavy duty though. Yeah. Because I it think sounds, a lot of the so time simple. when... It sounds so simple. It sounds like an implementation well, problem. Well, it, it and does. I think there's more to it. But, you know, I, I don't think a lot of people, and I don't know if this is maybe something early in their career or if, if this is just a, a mistake that I made over and over that other people are smarter and don't make. But I don't know that people are thinking about that when they take a job a lot of the time. I think oh, they're I, just absolutely, like, absolutely this not. seems like a fun place to work. Yeah, I'll, I'll work there. And, that, and that's it. You know, and then and then they wind up in the situation, and they're like, <laughs> "It's you know, it's the uh, the talking head song. How did I how did I get yeah, here? Right. You know, uh, I was talking my, I was talking to my friend Wardell uh, Brown Owl Coffee uh, over here on uh, Terrible Street about this. He just came back from Portland. We're we're talking about like how you notice the differences between where you live and where you go. And I, I was talking to him, and I realized something I'd never realized before. I think this is accurate. Whenever I leave San Francisco, wherever I go. The first thing I notice, well, the first series of things I notice is like how much better someplace is. I arrive somewhere and I go, oh my gosh, like, boy, it's really easy to park at this Walmart. 
that's kind of cool. Like it's open all night. Like if I wanted to go in here and uh, buy lawn furniture, I could go in here at three in the morning. Everything in San Francisco closes at like nine o'clock. Mm. Um, yeah, right. Big city, right? But everything's, everything's you know, shuttered except for subway is uh, shuttered very early uh, in the evening. Or I see things like, wow, you know, the people here are, are really not jerks. Like the people here, like they may be kind of, oh, they're weird and, you know, rural when they're really, really nice. And they seem to generally care about other people. But then by the end of the trip, it all gets very, very dark. And all I notice by the end of a trip is like how much I hate about a place, especially Las Vegas. You go somewhere for so long, you know what I mean? And you start out, I might go in Las, go to Las Vegas and go, oh my gosh, this is great free food. And by the time I go, I go, wow, this really is the pit of hell. This is really literally the worst place in the world. But that's a pattern for me. And I think that's probably a pattern for a lot of people with jobs. Certainly before you start the job, you wouldn't be taking the job if you thought, didn't think it was better than where you are now. A priori, right? Mm-hmm. Like why would you go, why, you know, you have no job and so you want a job or you have a job where you'd like a different or a better job. For whatever reason, you, you either got fired out of that job or you left out of that job. And so the new job is, is at least in theory going to be the same or better. Maybe it's just a shorter commute. But again, once you're in there for a while, you start seeing more and more things. Um, I, but I, I totally agree with you. I don't think you can see that coming. I think that's the kind of thing you, you know, and it's, it is partly the why I believe in talking to people at a place before I do, before I get, I don't want to say it's like research or intelligence or something, but, you know, before you're going to work heavily with somebody, it, it does help to ask, talk to people that they've worked with a lot. Not whether they're good or bad, but like whether it's a good fit. You know what I mean? And in that case, I'm not sure how you do that with becoming a security, a security job or, or, or taking games off of a computer. But you could also look, try and find out what you can about the scale of how often people are doing stuff they don't like to do. And you see this in middle and lower ma- management a lot. I think that's where this stuff becomes really excruciating. Because you probably hate your boss and your employees. Not you, but other people. There are a lot of people in like lower middle management. You know what I mean? Like people yeah. who are like, you just, it's a position that in a lot of companies would be called a manager, like a capital M manager, which means you're like just above like, like a team leader. You're not, you are by no means a big shot. You have tons of responsibility and very little control and huge expectations. It's like the worst job in the world. And I have a lot of friends who have that kind of job. And in some ways you really are, God, how do I avoid the God one? You really are uh <laughs> It would be such a perfect example. Not a brown shirt, but yeah, it is your it's your job to go out there and be the enforcer. You may not like the thing that HR put on your desk, but you don't get to copy edit that and then go in and tell people, you know, oh, by the way, this this part here that I'm about to read, I think is BS, so don't worry about that. You're the conduit in a lot of ways, right? right. Yeah. And so finally on that note, and, and in that instance, that is something where however you ended up there, you did allow yourself to go into a bureaucracy where maybe you couldn't have guessed that that would happen, but that's what a bureaucracy is, right? It's a bunch of, a bunch of tubes that help sad get from one part of the building to the other. <laughs> no, that's not fair. <laughs> kind of fair. A little fair. Um, so let's come back. Do you want to talk practical components after we come back? Sure. Okay, it's going to be a quick. I just want to tell you about this thing I like. You've heard about the Squarespace? I have heard about that. Here's my problem with Squarespace. My problem with Squarespace is that it is... It's, I don't want to say it's flawless, but it's pretty darn good as a place to put up a blog, put up a, a portfolio, any of the stuff that you're sick of hosting somewhere, that you're sick of having to deal with. Maybe you just, you're, you're tired of having it on some social platform. Squarespace makes it easy to get that stuff up and maintain it. You don't have to do a bunch of plug-in nonsense or anything. It's really easy to use. Um, but here's my problem with Squarespace is there's so many different things that I can do with Squarespace 
that if I'm not careful, I go in there and I'll just, uh, there are so many beautiful templates. I could sit there and play with templates all day. Um, there are so many ways. This is true for, for really any kind of CMS that's good. But do you know what I'm talking about? Like for you, it might be building, building a CMS. You would do this. But on Squarespace, it would be very easy for me to go in and pick from 200 Google fonts right. and like spend my whole day <laughs> picking which one of these fonts I want for the text and which I want for the H1s. Do you right. know what I mean? Yes. So um, one thing I was going to suggest that has been useful, first of all, it's super easy to go in and get a Squarespace site. Um, they've got a deal actually, they've got a deal going right now that's pretty great, uh, which is that when you go in and sign up for uh, a year or more of service, you get a free domain name. Take about four minutes to go from listening to us talk to having a website. It's a great deal. But when you get in there, there's so much that you can do. I think they've done a great job of making it easy to arrange things and make things. And there's not a lot of complexity there that you don't need to see. But if you're like me and you like looking at preferences, <laughs> that's my first thing is I open up an app and I go straight to preferences um, and options, right? And so Squarespace is great at that. But you know what else you can do that's super cool? Um, Squarespace is a really smart website. And if you want to be more focused on making stuff um, rather than on flipping bits, it might be a very interesting idea. Let's put it this way. Let's say you've got a site right now and you wish you were writing on it more. This is going to sound a little counterintuitive, but you know what a neat thing to do might be? Hop over to Squarespace, get yourself a site, and then set it up on either the iOS app, which is beautiful, or you could grab yourself a copy of Mars Edit. Um, I, I'm sure probably ways it does XML RPC, right? So you were anything that I, that's correct, right? Doesn't it'll do any XML RPC thing? Thought it would. I think it will. I use Mars Edit, which works great for me. But but here's a neat idea. I think is if you're trying to bootstrap a new blog or reinvigorate the one you've got, you know what? Don't worry about all the bells and whistles yet. How about this? How about you go in, you set, set up your new Squarespace site, you get the domain name of your choice when you sign up for a year or more, and then try this. Go get your creds entered into something like an external app or just start right inside of a text editor and just focus on getting those things up on a regular basis. If you want to bootstrap a blog, if you want to reinvigorate the one you've got, focus on just the writing or just the photography or just whatever. If you're doing photography, it's super easy. You can just you can, you can upload, upload all kinds of beautiful galleries, slideshows. It's all super easy to automate. Does it all. But think less about the sliders for now and more about putting the stuff up. And you may be surprised to find that once you've got a lot of your actual content in there, instead of lorem ipsum text, the design features will come to you more easily. What font to pick from the whatever couple hundred free Google fonts that are in there? What is that? What you call them? They're like open source fonts. Yeah, yeah. The Google's hosting them and enabling you to embed them. This is a little different than our usual pitch for them because I think I think it's easy to get caught up because their bells and whistles are so cool and they ring so well and whistle so well. Uh, it could be easy to get real wound up in that, but. Whenever people ask me, the kids come to me, Dan, people, people say, well, I, how, how, how do I get a famous blog that I could abandon? And I say, here's the thing, uh, focusing on the writing. If you want to be writing more, you need to write more. And in this case, if you have this clean site where you haven't even put anything in the sidebars yet, don't worry about your widgets. There's, the widgets are there. If you want a Twitter dingus that has all your Twitter dinguses in it, that's super easy to do. You drag it onto the page and it's there. Very easy to use. But my tip, this is my really crazy, turns out, uh, Squarespace tip for the week, which is to just start posting stuff. And then once you have a week or preferably two weeks or even better, a month of stuff in there, then go back and start playing with all the wonderful features. Because your, what you have written and what you have created will tell you what to do. It doesn't make that much sense to just go make a slider to have a slider. It makes a lot of sense if you go, oh, these are 12 pictures from my vacation that make a lot more sense in this format than they do in that format. 
if I put these into a contact, uh, what do they call it, a uh, contact sheet format, they wouldn't really do justice to how, how much detail is in these photos. Well, you wouldn't know that until you put your real photos up. If you just go grab five JPEGs that happen to be on your desktop and throw them up there, you're not going to get a sense of that. And so, like I said, I don't mean to make it into an ad for Mars Edit. I'm sure there are many other uh, great editors as well. But I, I like a full-featured editor for writing stuff. I love, I, I, you know, when I've written stuff, I write everything in Markdown on, on, in TextMate. I don't compose that much stuff on Squarespace, but like uh, when I do the Roderick on the Line podcast each week, I tend to write most of that in TextMate, mm -hmm. and then I just paste it right into Squarespace into the, their little uh, uh, entry. Uh, well, you're using, the, you're using the tool you like. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and so for me, I mean, not to go too deep in the nerd stack here, but you know, if you're using something like Mars Edit, it has an open in feature where I can edit the text in here in TextMate. If I wanted to go in and do more, whatever Sublime Text, whatever it is you're using. See, but none of this tool stuff should matter. What I'm really trying to say is, is put the words on a page or get the, get the photographs um, onto the computer. And, and then... Start putting that into your site on a regular basis. Get into a schedule for doing that, and then a funny thing is, is going to happen, which is you're going to realize that uh, if you had spent six weeks dragging dinguses around, that's fun, but the longevity that you'll have with a site like this, the reason you'll want to keep this as your home is it now has your real stuff in it. You're not just drawing floor plans. You're actually moving the furniture into the house. So that's what I would say. Put it all in there. And, and unlike a house, you can go ahead and repaint anytime you want, and it doesn't affect any of your furniture. It's a pretty good analogy. <laughs> That was a tip. Now, what'd you think of that, Dan? It's a good tip. It's a pretty good tip. So here's what you do. You go to squarespace.com slash back to work. And you can get a very special deal. I should pull this up. I'm trying to do this thing now. It's like Miranda writes. Like I always want to read people their rights exactly. I never want to screw this up again. Um, but you go in and you can sign up for a year and you get a discount. You sign up for two years, you get a bigger discount. On top of it all, you can use an offer code for the month of seven as a back to work listener. If you go in... And enter the code. You ready? Do you remember the offer code? Do you remember? I do not remember this week's. Uh, you totally do. I totally. Please, please tell them. Please tell them the offer I don't code. remember it. Please, it's your show. Please tell them. All right, I'll look it up then. Please tell them the offer code. It's your show. Oh, it's it's your show. See, it's not even funny, and I still keep doing it. Your show. Your show is the offer code. When you go into your little checkout um, on Squarespace, and you really you sign up for a year of this. What's the worst thing that can happen? You know what I'm saying? The worst thing, thing that can happen is you, can happen. you sign up for a year and you become a better writer. Mm -hmm. And probably a better person. There's a dingus for that. Do they guarantee that you'll be a better person? I can't speak for them. I think they, uh, you know what? I'm not even going to joke about this. I don't know what they guarantee. I, I think they guarantee that they have an awesome website. <laughs> we have to be careful what we say. I know. Well, that's why I was asking you, what do they guarantee? I don't know. I don't they, know either. You know what's great? They got great documentation. I can I really guarantee that their documentation will be great. And they got videos and stuff. You're going to guarantee that personally. Squarespace.com slash back to work and go and sign up for this and, uh, and use that offer code of your show. That's good for the rest of the, the month of seven, for the rest of July. And then try that just for fun. I know that sounds bananas because it seems like the first thing you'd want to do is go in and go, and, and go play with it. Well, you can go play with it, but in my experience, the times where I go in and mess around uh, with, with moving, moving um, widgets around is time that I'm not spending going and making stuff. And to tell you the truth, I, I've struggled with this myself, even, even on Squarespace, which I love. Same way as Scrivener. I love Scrivener, but I end up, can end up sometimes playing more with Scrivener than I end up writing. And so I am, um, I'm probably going to do very close to a just from scratch reboot of MerlinMan.com. Because every time I think about trying to change it, I'm just like, ugh. Mm. The words, not, not, the, not the Squarespace part, but I'm just like, I don't, I don't like any of this. I just want to delete it and start over. 
<laughs> and that's what I'm doing. I'm starting to write stuff in text files, and then I'm going to just move all that stuff over. But anyway, that's a tip. Squarespace.com slash back to work. They're really... Uh, please check them out. They're, they're, they're great sponsors, and they're really good to us. And uh, also, I think Lil Ryan's teething right now. Ah, oh, that's the worst. Isn't that the worst? He's, uh, yeah. He's, he's, uh, they gotta give him gripe water. Give him gripe, gripe water. I think you're thinking <laughs> of grape water. Uh, I'm probably thinking of grape water. All right, so listen, our thanks to, uh, please go to squarespace.com slash back to work. And we're very grateful to our friends at Squarespace for supporting 5 by 5 and back to work. Why, Galette really got into me, didn't I? I can tell. Because we're like 80 minutes in almost. Hmm. I don't really have that much more to say about it. Really? Sometimes I think, well, I think sometimes the the best thing you can do to solve a problem is to just mention that it's a problem. That's real simple-minded, but boy, is that ever true. I mean, sometimes for a smart person, it just helps to realize that something is a problem. Um, I don't have an answer to every problem, and I think that's awesome. If I had an answer to every problem, I would be truly, actually, literally, completely full of crap. And no, that's not going to be the title, but thank you for asking. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, I believe I really do believe that. I believe I know I, I believe that about myself. And here's the sad part for me is that uh, the point I'm trying to make that being that sometimes just realizing there's a problem is the solution to the problem. But you know what's really sick and sad what? is sometimes realizing that something is a problem seven times is what solves the problem. Smarty pants, mm. you ever had that? <laughs> oh, wait a minute! I just shouldn't be working for other people. <laughs> okay. All right, that helps. Well, that was like, easy. I, I, well, yeah, but I had to realize that like 14 times yeah. before I went, oh, no, I really, really need to not be doing that. That you've never had that? No, of course I did. You're a slow burner. Right? Sure, yeah. Burn it slow at both ends. That's right, buddy. Get that candle in there. <laughs> and that, that doesn't make a person a stupid person. You know, again, sometimes I think our thinking gets in the way. I think, I think we all think way Do too you believe much, your right? thoughts, Merlin? Hmm? I mean, I, which one? Which one of the voices? <laughs> I think we all think too much. I really do. We think, we think and think and think, and we think that we can think ourselves out of things. Yeah. And then we're constantly looking for new information that just, just adds more little uh, bits of noise to the echo chamber. And in a case like, like I'm not, not picking on uh, uh, Todd or his ends right here, but in, in that case, I mean, what kind of a Zen slap? Did, oh God, why did I say that? What kind of, a, what kind of a, a smack on the head does it take to go like, okay, how much longer is it going to be for, okay, how much longer will it be okay for me to be here doing things I don't like? Well, that's very, no, you know, no, listen, is that okay for you to be there doing that? Well, I have, okay, so your answer then is you're okay doing that for now. How long will that be okay? Well, it's fine for Merlin. Okay. Well, what's going to be fine for you? <laughs> that's, that's the answer. You know, the answer is there's not going to be any scroll that falls out of the drop ceiling in your office that tells you what the answer to this stuff is. I just want to help you realize it's a problem because I really, I, I really do think it, I think it is a problem. And I think ha- realizing that something is a problem with many facets is the beginning of finding an answer. Posing the wrong question because it's the one you're comfortable trying to answer is absolutely the wrong way. Your thoughts, Dan Benjamin. Well, you know, you make a very, it's the biggest part of this is how surprising it is, how slow we are to pay attention to the mistakes that we are making and not even realizing that they're mistakes until later. And they say hindsight is 2020, but that's such a stupid thing to say because it, you're always every every single moment is hindsight of 
the prior moment. You know what I'm saying? And, mm-hmm. we, and, and, and it does take 14 times or more to make that realization. And sometimes you might even know it, but you might say, well, there's nothing. And this is the that's fine for Merlin moment. Well, that's fine. I, I so Great. I see. I know I should work for myself. But how do I get there? How do I get from here to there? And but that's before, but, yeah, but before, but here's the thing. This is the part that always gets left out in that in that wonderfully uh, simple equation, which is before you ever quote unquote work for yourself, there are a lot of other gateways and a lot of other decisions that have to be made. And you know, one of the first one is is like, how much is it okay for me to put up with this thing that I really really hate? Yeah. Does that mean go quit your job? Oh my God! What are you three? I'm not saying that. I'm saying like if you don't accept what is making you unhappy, and then see now this is one of the things where I get mad, right? I should stop. You do sound stop. angry. No, I'm not angry. I'm just, I, I'm, I'm reluctant to become the whipping boy for somebody refusing to admit what they really feel. It's not my fault that you've got anything in your life or don't have something in your life. And it may not be your fault either. But, in, you know, until you stop looking, casting about for some kind of a solution that's going to make these things easy and simple and obvious, nothing's going to change. You know, I mean, you think about what if you were laying in bed right now and like you had just taken a nap and you wake up and you go hmm i wonder if i should take a nap well that would be a really easy time to take a nap because you're kind of already taking a nap but if you were driving down the road and thought i wonder if i should take a nap that would require a much more sophisticated series of thoughts as regards driving your car to someplace where you could or could not take a nap that sounds very obvious but i don't see that as being so completely different the people who the person who has ended up in bed and sleeping may have arrived there through a, through a very long uh, series of decisions of their own right and none of us are really none of us really feel like we've arrived anywhere i don't think if you feel like you're we've arrived oh my god get ready to be so bummed really really soon yeah like uh, how long does that feeling last well you just like i say you just realize as soon as you arrive you you realize that there's just more places to arrive and higher expectations than you had before which is not, which is not a, like a boo-hoo thing. But, you know, I always end up saying this in this way that sounds really aggressive because it, it I get frustrated. Um, <sighs> you ever see people who shouldn't be a couple? You ever see people who are like, oh my God, <laughs> you guys are so going to break up. I'm going to be so glad when you guys break up. And you know what? You guys are going to be so glad when you break up. You know what I'm talking about? Totally. You've, you've never met this. No, but I've met you, that. You meet, you meet this. You meet, you meet these couples and you go, why are you guys together? You should never have been together. And the thought <laughs> that goes through my head, especially when they're very young. Do you remember being very young? I remember being very young going like thinking about where I would go to college based on where that person would go to college. Thinking like... This, like, you're, like this is forever. This is the rest oh, of, this absolutely. is eternity. Yeah, you're, living, you're living inside a journey song on repeat. You know, like this, is, <laughs> this is the thing. I'm going to, and your parents, well, your parents are idiots. They just they want you to go to a good school. What do they know? Yeah, they don't. It's, that's, that's not where your girlfriend's this going. This one Frenches me and doesn't complain. Of course I'm going to go to some Christian school, right? Everybody <laughs> right. Goes to Christian girls, right? Am I right? Yeah. And so from that, from your point of view, when you're in that relationship, everybody's an idiot and nobody understands you right? That's Ryan O'Neill and you're Ali McGraw and whatever. That's a terrible example because first they hate each other and then she dies. Strike that. Um, but the point is when you're in that relationship, boy, all of your problems, you, you, you define all of your problems around how the world is getting in the way of your love. When you're a kid and you have a boyfriend or a girlfriend, you're so involved in that. 
that the way that you, if you obviously you wouldn't think of a lot of this stuff as a problem. But if you're going to start thinking of it as problems, here's the problems you would come up with. Uh, where's a place that we can go and pet without being bothered? Uh, how can we talk on the phone more? How can I text at school without getting in trouble? This is how you would define all of these problems. At least how, I, if it were if I were a kid today, that's how I define it. How do I find a way to get everything out of my life so that I can spend all of my time with you? That's how I would think about that problem. Now, somebody even just a little bit older than you, and let's not even say your parents, but a little bit older than you would see that as such a different set of problems because they've done that. I know they're idiots and they wear black socks and don't know anything, but they have been through that. And that's why, especially if you're a parent, I'll bet it's pretty hard to look back and go, oh my God, what are you doing? Yeah. Or in my case, watching people in their 20s who are just like defining all of their problems around this relationship of toxicity. And you go in your head, you leave the party and you say it, you look at each other and go, those guys, right? And you're like, oh, yeah, those guys. Because you know what? The sooner you get to the point where you can laugh about that relationship, the better off you're going to be. But when you're in that relationship, that is, what are you talking about? <laughs> what? Huh? Right? To, to them, to those people in that horrible relationship, it's all about this whole set of problems. And, and, and we over here, being all snarky about it, are part of the problem because you don't understand our love. No, I do understand your love. You're not in love. <laughs> That's your problem. Your problem is you're not in love and you're spending some of the best years of your life like being passive aggressive with this person who doesn't love you. Yeah. And, and you're going to have to be 35 before you realize that and laugh along with us. And that's what I'm trying to say when we get into the that's fine for Merlin stuff. Like yeah. I, don't, I don't have an answer for much of anything. But if you're standing there and like poking yourself in, in the head with a stick, like I'm not the one, I'm not the stick. I'm, I'm not you. I'm the guy saying, wow, that must really hurt. Is that something you're going to think about stopping soon? You don't understand my job. You're right. I totally don't understand your job. <laughs> but you seem so unhappy. Is there anything you could do about that? Yeah, I can't quit my job. I know you can't quit your job, but could you stop the stick thing? That's not helping. <laughs> also, that woman doesn't love you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> yeah, sure she does. Your problem is you need a quiet place to pet, which we'll be happy to cover next week on episode 76 of Back to Work. Want to button this up? Let's button it up. Okay, I love you. Love you too, Merlin, man. <laughs>